Hello and welcome to Grace Lifestyle Bosch. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for life. Um, yeah, thank you, Father, that you've given us true freedom as we move in, in, in you and as we live in you and as we have our being in you. That is true freedom. And I want to ask you where you are. Just take that moment to say, am I free? Am I free? Like, ask yourself that. I mean, last person you want to lie to is yourself. I know we do. But uh, I'm not asking you to answer God. I'm asking you to answer yourself. Am I free? Second question I want to ask you this morning is, am I alive? Am I alive? And I'm going to put some sub-bullets under that question. And one question then would be is, um, am I fully alive? Am I truly alive? Am I as alive as I want to be? And then I want to speak to the new series we're starting this morning. And I want you to ask yourself, do you think that there's got to be more to life? Just be yourself, just answer. Do you think that there's got to be more to life? More than what you currently see, more than what you currently experience, more than what you currently see around you. Maybe more, um, if you read the word, you know that there's more. I mean, I think that answer should be yes for all of us. Um, but there's a way that that question can be, you can be content with what you have and yet push for more because you just want to go deeper into what you've got. I think that's a true sense of contentment is you're not wanting something else. You're wanting more of what you've got. That's one way to explain it. I, I, I have God, but I want to know more of it. I, I know that God loves me, but I want to experience it more. I know that I've got the power of God, but I want to see it more. Like, that's, that's not what I'm speaking about. I'm speaking about people with a void, people with a heartache, people with emptiness, people looking in, 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 in all the wrong places, if you will. So, I'm sure if we go around and we ask people, wherever, at work, on campus, next to the beach, and we ask people, like, do you think there's got to be more to life? More to life? I mean, like, I said it the other Sunday, uh, the Pulisicara had a song. Well, they still have a song, but they said in the, in, in the song, they said, daar moet meer wees as werktrouw en kinders kry. What did they say? There's got to be more to life. Like, I know that's a hard question for us, and I don't know about you, but there has to be more than anxiety. More than emptiness, more than depression, more than religion, more than like struggling with sin or keep it, trying to keep up, more than month end. I thought I'd get an amen there. <laughs> I want to read you uh, the lyrics of a famous song by Stacy Orico. And the song's titled, There's Gotta Be More to Life. Now this is not a Christian song, this is a secular song. This is a popular song, by the way. It says, I've got it all, but I feel so deprived. I go up and I come down, I'm emptier inside. Tell me what is this thing that I feel like I'm missing, and why can't I let it go? 
Someone looking for God. I'm continuing. It says, There's got to be more to life, more than chasing down every temporary high to satisfy me. Because the more that I'm tripping out thinking there must be more to life, well, it's life. But I'm sure there's got to be more than wanting more. There's got to be more than wanting more. I've got the time and I'm wasting it slowly. Here in this moment, I'm halfway out the door. On to the next thing. I'm searching for something that's missing. It's a very upbeat song, by the way. But I didn't play it for a reason because the lyrics are hidden in there and it's a heartache. It's a depressing, searching soul. There's got to be more to life than chasing down temporary highs to satisfy me. Because the more that I'm tripping out thinking, there must be more to life. Well, it's life. But I'm sure there's got to be more than wanting more. I'm always waiting on something other than this. Why am I feeling like there's something I missed? There's got to be more to life. Because the more that I'm tripping out thinking, there must be more to life. Then chasing down temporary highs to satisfy me. Well, it's life, but I'm sure there's got to be more to life. Isn't that the echo of our world. Isn't that so true of every unbeliever, every sinner, every addict, every workaholic looking for more? But the song says it so clearly. It says there has to be more than wanting more. What's marketing? Making you want more. Making you want more of what you don't have. Or more of what you've got. Or something new, something fresh. Now I want to I go into the word in 1 Thessalonians 1 from verse 8. And I'm reading from the Passion Translation. It says, The message of the Lord has sounded out from you, not only in Greece, but its echo has been heard in every place where people are hearing about your strong faith. We don't need to brag on you. For everyone tells the story of the kind of welcome you showed us when we first came to you and everyone knows how wonderfully you turned to God from idols to serve the true and living God it says and you turn to God from idols to serve the true and living God so I don't advertise the title of my message because then you wouldn't come but I advertise the title of the series and the title of the message though is turning from idols because what is an idol well, it's a dead copy of something that is alive. And I think we in our modern age, we think on idols, and unless you think about American Idol, someone who sings, um, you, you, you're thinking idols like, I don't pray to a statue of an eagle, or I don't pray to a golden calf. So we, we read about idols in the Word, and we think that part's not for me, or it's not for us, or it's not for this generation. Who's ever been to Wall Street in New York? Gunrat, Keith, myself. Why does Wall Street in New York? It's the epitome of capitalism. Okay? What is capitalism? It's, it's, it's money. It's getting work done. And, and I'm not against capitalism. I'm not a socialist. But I'm not a politician either. I'm a son of God. And, and what it is, it's, it's the epitome of financial success, if you will. And very interesting that there's a certain golden statue 
in Wall Street. And I was standing there and I was like thinking everyone wants to take a photo there and it like, I was like, how blind can we be? Because it's a golden calf. So we're not serving idols in that we're praying and we said we're not as stupid as to bow our heads to a golden calf. But are we really? <laughs> are we really not? Are we really as free as we think we are? You see, the Israelites said, we're free, we belong to Abraham. No one is over us. Jesus said, well, last time I checked, the Romans occupied your land. Are you free? And then are you free from idols? By implication, an idol is a heathen god, but it is something that is worshipped. Something that is worshipped. Thayer's definition speaks about an image or likeness, whatever represents the form of an object, either real or imaginary, or phantoms of the mind. And I was interested by that. I went and I digged in to what does phantom mean there. So, firstly, it's an image of a heathen god, a false god. Phantom is an appearance or illusion without material substance, as a dream, an image, or an optical illusion. So what I want to ask you this morning is, are there things that we are occupied with? I was meditating on that word as well this week. Are there things that you're occupied with that is creating an optical illusion that is keeping you busy? Hello, Jordan. <laughs> that is keeping you busy that is not real. That is not real. Or that seems real in the moment, or that is temporary. Now, if we think about the Romans occupied Jerusalem, they occupied many other nations as well. So, what does that mean? It's, a, it's, a, it's an occupation, it's military, it is taking your freedom. Everyone with me? Then we go to work, and people ask you, What is your occupation? I thought it's going to go around like this about. Get better, don't worry. You see, there's nothing wrong with working. The word says, if you don't work, don't eat. But what is it that you are thinking about? What is it that you're busy with while you're working? Are you there in your occupation, being occupied in your mind, or are you there in your, in your occupation, being occupied by the things of God? Reaching out to people ministering, doing your work and doing it with excellence, of course. But are you there? Are you occupied? You see, it's, slavery looks different these days. It's more of a carrot than a stick. But yet freedom is, is not necessarily where everyone lives. The phantom, the optical illusion. A false god. The dictionary defines false as not according with truth or fact. Incorrect. I like this second one. It says, made to imitate something in order to deceive. So we, we, we I mean, I'm sure if maybe I go to, to Africa or the Amazon this morning and we find a tribe and we tell them about idols, the conversation might be very different. Which actually, in fact, I believe will be easier. Because what's the problem with deception? 
You don't know you're deceived. What's the problem with your blind spot? You don't know that you have it. <laughs> That's why you need someone to tell you. So, deception can also be by or through distraction. So we all worship. We all focus. We all treasure things. We all treasure someone. We all use some of our time to focus, to treasure, to be occupied with. But what the world is doing, I believe it's taking a distraction and it's causing deception through distraction so that we're busy with things that really doesn't matter. I'm, uh, I'm holding on to this, uh, this, this, this video intro about um, soccer, football. And um, I won't play it next week, probably the week after. And one of the intros is this thing got me so, like this is part of why we, we're talking about it, is he said, football is the most important of all the unimportant things in the world. I was like, amen. <laughs> why? Because really, really, come on. There's a stadium full of people with 22 guys kicking a ball. At the end, let's break it down to just what it is. That occupies in person up to a hundred or more thousand people for two, three hours. If you go to the stadium and you share Jesus, go to the stadium. Because there's people there who will never come to church. So I'm not against what we do. Please hear my heart. I'm, I'm, I'm just waving a flag and saying, hey guys, wherewith are you occupied? Where's your focus? Where's your treasure? And as a pastor, it would be easy for me not to have this message, but it will be irresponsible. Because it's for freedom's sake that Christ set us free. So why then would we go again, be distracted and deceived and keep ourselves busy that things that reduce or distract from freedom. Distraction from what? You see, we, we, we maybe got too clever that we're not going to bow down to the golden calf. But now they cause a system of distraction and inherently we're still bowing down to the golden calf. Distraction from what? Well, from what seems real, or through what seems real, but what is false and distractive. So anything that is distractions from what is real. So the world around us is full of things that's temporary. It's full of success, so-called, in this world. And all of that is keeping us occupied and distracted from what really is. From the important things. What is important? Well, you can use the, 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 the glass balls and the bouncing balls, like the rubber balls. Like if, if you look at your life, what balls shouldn't you drop? The glass balls, yeah. <laughs> your relationship with God. Your relationship with your wife, or your family, your, your, yourself. Like, are you taking heed to yourself? I mean, if you think about it, if you really are full of Christ and you know the gospel, you are a precious treasure. And you should be taking care of yourself. Because the longer you live, the more opportunities there's going to be for Christ. That's the words of Paul. So it's no good for me to just become sick and unfit and obese because um, I've got the gospel. I've got the Spirit of God. Where I go, God goes. So I want to go longer. Amen? I don't always feel like it. Sometimes I want to go be with Jesus and like just forget about everything. 
But guess what? We have God in us. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. So it's still earthen. It's, like, it's still clay jars, but we must, we must do it. Amen? 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 3 says, Let no man deceive you by any means. Please, it's my call for you this morning. Are you deceived? But let no man deceive you by any means. How did, who was first deceived? Eve was first deceived. She was beguiled. She was deceived. She was distracted. She was distracted. You see, we, distraction isn't sin. But it leads to it. You can write that down. <laughs> distraction isn't sin. It's not a sin. This is not a condemning message. This is a bit of a warning. Like, wherewith are we occupied? And then go back to the questions I started with, because the answers to those questions lies in your focus. If you are not as free as you want to be, where is your focus? If you're not as alive as you want to be, where is your focus? If you're not as, as, as full of God, or you don't feel as full of God as you do, or as you want to, what are you occupied with? You see, this message this morning has the opportunity, it has godly potential to change each and every one of our lives. But it's not going to take God to do it. It's going to take each and every one of us to say, hey, okay, maybe. Last Sunday I preached a similar message, by the way. Formula One started last week Sunday. Anyone remember? Five o'clock. Okay. It's not always that you can watch it. Five o'clock. I was ready. Jordan wasn't ready. So I preached the message in this mor- the morning of last week Sunday. That afternoon I had an opportunity to act on my own message. I switched off the Formula One and I spent time with Jordan. Jordan is a glass ball. Formula One is a rubber ball. You can get the results. I mean, really. If you boil it down, it's 20 guys going around the track seeing who's the fastest. Happens in kindergartens all over the world every day. <laughs> Please hear my heart. I'm not against these things. I enjoy it too. I'm just saying, hey, I, I, I need to, to check my fruitfulness. And if my fruitfulness is not according to what I know it can be, then maybe my input is not what I want it to be. If the output isn't there. Why? Because we gather to grow, to go, to overflow. So what is overflowing is a clear def- the definition, or um, it, it shows us what is on the inside. What is inflowing. Now it says, For that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin is be revealed, the son of perdition. Verse 4, Who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is a God. So at the end of the day, I want to ask you, what are you worshipping? You say, no, what do you mean? I was here this morning, we worshipped. We worshipped God. The first song was awesome, it was about Jesus. Yes, it was. What are you worshipping? I'm not asking who are you singing to. What are you worshipping? What are you focusing on? What are you treasuring? What is your, if you give me your diary, your calendar, I can tell you what you're worshipping. If you show me your budget, please don't. This is not a church like that. I'll show you, or you can see, what you're worshipping. What are you treasuring? That's a different way that I want to ask it this morning. What are you treasuring? 
Because where your treasure is, Jesus' words, Matthew 6 said, there your heart will be. So the other, other way to ask, the oldest questions that I've asked this morning is, where's your heart? Let's ask one step further. It says, how is your heart? Because if your heart is going to be with Jesus, your heart will be good. But if your heart isn't good, what are you treasuring? Because where your treasure, let's say what you treasure, there your heart goes, your heart follows. I had the opportunity last week Sunday to either treasure Formula One or treasure Jordan. There's nothing wrong. Sometimes he loves watching it with me. For some reason, he just wasn't that day. I had the opportunity to choose. There's other times this week where I chose wrong. So I'm not putting a halo on my head and saying, hey, do like I do. I'm saying, let's do what the Word says. Let's see the freedom that God has for us. Because we all want to be free. From freedom's sake, God made us free. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. How free are you? You see, the thing is, where the Spirit is, there is freedom. Where the flesh is, there's bondage. At the end of the day, that's sort of how easy it is. That's what it boils down to. Romans 8 says, as a man, uh, what, what, you, um, what you think on, if you think on earthly things, there it is, death. Not it leads to death, it is death. Is Formula One earthly or spiritual? Peter, nie man. Nou nie so wees nie. Again, I like it. But I've learned to, to limit my intake. Because my spiritual intake should always supersede my carnal intake. My spiritual focus should become more my carnal side. Less. Ah, we sing the song. More of you, Jesus. Less of me. Okay? Let's apply it. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> Let no man deceive you by any means. What means? Religion, entertainment, work, finances, worries, stresses, anxieties, music, podcasts. I remember the morning of Lucas and Martinette's wedding. They got married on um, Signal Hill. Free venue, by the way, if you ever wanted to get married in a beautiful, picturistic uh, place. Just to be aware that there might be Chinese tourists who's going to take more photos than your photographer. Because that's what happened that morning. So Natasha was a bridesmaid. I dropped her off at 6 o'clock in the morning because they had to get everything ready. And I was by myself. And I went and I drove all around to the promenade, bought a coffee, and I sat in the car. And I just observed. And I probably 8 out of 10 people were having earphones in. And the Spirit sort of prompted me, says, what are they feeding on? Not what are they listening to. What are they feeding on? I want to ask you the same question this morning. What are you feeding on? You know that if you eat McDonald's every day, there's a documentary that shows you it won't go that well with you. What are you feeding on? What are you focusing? What are you treasuring? Yeah, but it takes, it, 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 I mean, take food. It's expensive to eat healthy, isn't it? You know what's more expensive? Your health. It's expensive to eat healthy and conveniently. That's very expensive. So if you treasure 
eating healthy, then you're going to make time for it. Why? Because if you're carrying the Spirit of God and the good news of Jesus, and you have what no what very few people know of, and you send out to go and tell them, then maybe it's a good time for us to start taking care of ourselves. That's logic. It's not thus save the Lord. I just sort of draw a few conclusions. Are you free? Are we free? Am I free? We have to bring it down to ourselves this morning. We have to make it real. Amen? Let no man deceive you by any means. Matthew 6. This came out in um, our team time on Tuesday. And I wanted to just read it from the Young's literal translation because it really speaks about it. Or just, it highlights it in a different way. It says in verse 19, Treasure not up for yourselves treasures on the earth. I think this would say lay. Well, yeah, do not lay up for yourselves. Lay up means put it there. The Young's literal, which is sort of also trying to really bring across the Greek ideas, says treasure not treasures on earth. So I'm asking you this morning, what are you treasuring? Is that even a word? But you know what I mean. What is your treasure? When we do weddings and marriage preparation, like you can fall out of love easily. The world does it all the time. I said it to Ben and Aline. Welcome back. At their wedding, I said, it's what you treasure where your heart will be. If you treasure your spouse, your heart will be in the relationship. But what the world does is says, my heart is not in the relationship, so I don't value it anymore. No, it's the wrong way around. You need to treasure it. You need to nourish it. You need to water it. You need to love on her. Then your heart is going to follow. And guess what? Now it becomes positive momentum. And now before you know it, you're so deeply in love, you're never going to fall out of it. Because you have to decide what you treasure. Treasure not for yourselves things on the earth where moth and dust does disfigure, and where thieves break through and steal. But treasure up to yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust does disfigure, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What he's actually saying, Jesus is saying is, like either you're going to have your heart in heaven, or you're going to have your heart on the earth. That's what it boils down to. And how do you decide? Who wants their heart in heaven? Obviously. Come on. <laughs> Only me. Okay. Speaking to the wrong crowd this morning. Do you want your heart to be in heaven or on earth? I mean, I can't assume that we all want it in heaven, so let's not assume. But you decide. The second question is then, how do I get it there? It's what do you treasure? What do you count Worthy. What do you count valuable? What do you deem laying down your life for? Because what is the greatest treasure that you have? The Sunday school answer is Jesus, I know. The greatest treasure that you and I have is me. It's us. It's my time. It's my focus. It's my retention. It is, it's giving you me. Like I can only give it for as many years as I'm going to live, times 365 and 66 for leap years. I only have, I'm spending time. It's, a very, it's very accurate that 
that word. Now, I want to ask you, we are all spending time. But where are you investing that spend? What's the difference? Uh, investment has a return, hopefully. A spend is just a expense. It's getting out of your bank account. An investment, money goes out, but you get an asset. So what the Jesus is saying here, guys, you're all, you're, you're all spending, you're all expensing your, your time, your lives, yourselves. But you decide whether it is just going to be another life on earth or whether it becomes an investment in heaven. There's rewards in heaven. Maybe we must preach on that more. It's not mansions. Ah. Uh-huh. It's not money. It's people. Because what is eternal? People. So if we treasure people, if we treasure what God treasures, what does God treasure? People. Then all of a sudden life has to look a little bit different, I believe. It's going to look different to your neighbor, unfortunately. Your December holidays might start to look different. Your Easter weekend might start to look different. Isn't that fruitfulness? Yeah, but I don't want the persecution. You're free from a lot of things, but you're not free from persecution. (laughs) You're not free from troubles. But you can live freely amidst the troubles. Because it's spiritual or carnal. If you're in Christ, I'm going to say this, you don't have a spiritual problem. You are complete in Him. You are sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. You have every blessing in spiritual places. The devil cannot hold you. No demon can stand where you go. You are full of light, no darkness. You cannot have a spiritual problem. You might have many, 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 many material problems. So what? What do you treasure? Where's your focus? Are you going to be distracted? Cares and comfort over kingdom will not satisfy. Cares and comfort will not satisfy. How many bathrooms can you bathe in? Amen? How many TVs can you watch at any one moment? I want to ask you another question. Preaching like Jesus this morning, full of questions. Is it leisure and pleasure that I treasure? Again, it's not for me. (laughs) I I need to, Peter needs to answer for Peter. Is it leisure and pleasure that I treasure? Or is it kingdom? There's no condemnation this morning, it's invitation. Hopefully for us it moves into celebration. Celebration. Just think if we live this way. I see guys like Paul. The world cannot mold them. Cannot hold them back. He has the opportunity to die. Go be with the Lord. He says, ah, it will be so nice. I mean, think about it for a moment. 
if you read what Paul went through, there couldn't be one moment in his life that he wasn't without pain. They didn't have the pain medication that we do. He didn't have the medical attention like we did. He was disfigured. He was beaten. He was shipwrecked. He was beaten with stones. He was, he, 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 was, he was a mess. He didn't have a chiropractor to go to. Or Pilatus to, to strengthen his back. He sits and he thinks. He says, I can be with Jesus. Wow, that would be, that would be nice. Why? Because then I'm free from this body. And then he moves into the next thought and he says, but to be alive means opportunities for Christ. Wow. I'm not there. I mean, when I'm tired, I'm goed moog. Then when I'm eina, like I'm like a wounded bear. But let's get there. It's not let's get more of the Spirit. It's what our invitation here this morning is, let's get more living from the Spirit. The Word says in Romans 8 that we are not in the flesh, so don't live after the flesh. We are in the Spirit, so let's start to live after the Spirit. After doesn't mean you're following something. After means you replicate. You copy. You start to bring the spiritual to manifest. Romans 12 speaks about is it the living sacrifice. But it is in beholding His mercy in verse 1 that verse 2 then says now live as a living sacrifice. Because no one in their right mind, your body you can ask Ruan, your body is not designed to sacrifice itself. Your body is designed completely to protect itself, to, to rebuild it, to, to survive. That's why it's so difficult to jump off a bridge, with, even if you have elastics around your ankles. Because everything in your physiology says don't do it. But yet, you're able to do it. Why? Your mind... So where is your mind? Are you thinking of things on earth? Or are, are, are we? I'm including myself. I'm, you know, I'm always preaching to myself first. No? Are we thinking of things in heaven? Because what you think on is what you treasure. Say you have a birthday coming up. I have a birthday coming up, but that's not why I'm using the example. And someone says to you, you need to start thinking what we can get you for your birthday. What is, what is happening there? You're going through your list that Instagram and the world put there. And now you're making a hierarchy of treasure. What do you really want? What do you really need? Ah, it's my birthday. So birthdays are more one, uh, needs, not wants. So we'll, we'll get what we want and then we'll buy what we need type of thing. And now you think, who asked and how much are they willing to spend? And you're sort of having all this going on in your mind because what are you doing? You're actually creating a list of your treasure. Now we need things in life, amen? For what, I mean, whatever it is, cars, money, clothing. 
what is it that you treasure? And do you think, or can you see, how the fruit of our lives are linked to what we focus on, what we worship, what we treasure? If I can just, if I can lay that foundation this morning, that's really what I want to do. Because now we can react to that and we can say, Lord, I want to, I want to be more free, amen. But maybe it's going to make or need some decisions from my end. Because freedom is not just going to fall from the sky. Freedom came down in the form of Jesus. Freedom was poured out in the form of the Holy Spirit. And yet, after Jesus' resurrection, Peter still asked, Lord, when are you going to set us free from the Romans? Basically. And Jesus says, Hey, noch steeds nie. Noch steeds, still you don't get it. My kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom is inside. So what is it that you treasure? I know it's not easy. So, John 6, verse 60. Many therefore of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? See, Jesus didn't come to make things easy. 61 says, When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said to them, Does this offend you? <laughs> you see, Jesus just, he just kicks it in there. Like, it's like a bit uncomfortable and he just sees the crack and he doesn't polish it up with polyfiller. He, he goes for it. 63 says, It is the spirit that quickeneth or gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Now, I want to just create a bit of context quickly. So, John 6 starts off with Jesus doing a miracle. What is he doing? He's feeding 5,000 men, women, and children with that. He's feeding them not spiritual food, even though it's supernatural. He's feeding them fish and bread. Okay, everyone is so happy, he's got their attention, carb coma is kicking in, Jesus starts the sermon. Okay, he starts the sermon and he speaks about, eat my flesh, drink my blood. He's just fed 5,000, more obviously. Now he says, eat my flesh, drink my blood. When he fed them bread and fish, People flocked. People were happy. Have you seen people flock to free food? <laughs> Anyone experience that? You know what's worse? Free alcohol. But let's not talk about that. They flock to it. They, and, and, and Jesus says, it's okay. Like, eat as much as you want. Then there's 12 baskets full left over. What Jesus is showing us is like, listen guys, <laughs> this, is, this is easy. Provision is easy. Because he's going to go on and teach in, in, in Matthew 6, 33, I believe it is, that seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and these things are added unto you. Now he goes and he, he, he takes it up a notch and he speaks about drink my flesh, eat my blood, or different way around, obviously. But he says, now you're offended. Now that we're talking spiritual. When we were dealing carnal and it was also miracles and it was free food for everyone, everyone was happy. 
But that's not what it is, because even Jesus, think about his desert um, encounter with the devil. He said he was hungry, and Jesus said man will not live of bread alone. So Jesus is not a hypocrite. Jesus is preaching and now living out what he went through. What is it? The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. That's basically the three pillars of sin. And Jesus faced each and every one of them. Adam and Eve failed. The lust of the eyes, good to look at. Lust of the flesh, it is very delicious. Pride of life, desirable to make one wise or intelligent is a different word there. Now we can go into Mark 4 as well. The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the lust for other things. It's the same thing over and over and over again. And what I, as your pastor, or if you're visiting, um, your, your, um, the speaker here this morning is trying to convey to you is, guys, are we deceived? Because in Christ there's freedom. So if we're not deceived, then we should live in freedom. And it's not to put a heavy on freedom, it's to get there. What are the seeds that we're sowing? What is the input that we're taking? And what is that going to happen? And what does our outflow look like from that? Because for freedom's sake, Christ came to set us free. So if we're not living in freedom, there's somewhere a disconnect. There's somewhere a deception. And we can't manufacture freedom because then it's not true freedom. We can't even manufacture change. Andrew Womack says there's no true change unless it's effortless. Now there's some effort in the decision. There's some effort to change a habit, to come to church, to get your, your heads in the Word, to, to sign up for uh, Bible school. Awesome testimony this week. Someone who struggled with a lot of different things. Sleeplessness was one of them. And he said, since doing Bible school, he's so focused, he's full. His program is full. I spoke to this guy, and he was concerned that he doesn't have time for anything. I said, do Bible school. Why? Because you don't have time for anything. You're already full. Now you're just going to be full of the right things. You're going to focus. I spoke to Ruan on Friday, and we, we said, well, it's the same thing every week. Come to church, go to life group, do Bible study, prayer meetings on a Tuesday. It sounds mundane. It sounds like it's the same thing every day, every week. It is. But it's life. Don't you eat every day? I hope you take a shower every day. Wash yourself with the Word every day. Eat the fresh bread from manna every day. You know, God showed me a picture. I said, God, I really don't like routine. Like God made me that way. I, I, I struggle with mundane routine. And when I took on this uh, responsibility, uh, which is a massive privilege, to lead this church, it felt like I was like, now, you know, seven days, Sundays come quickly. You're just done with a the message, then you need to start thinking about the next message. You're just done with this, then you need to go on to that. You just, like, it's, it's full. And, 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 and in prayer, God showed me, like, a wheel going around and around. And I said, God, that's exactly what I feel. Like, I just feel like I'm going round and round every week. Same thing. I mean, it's fresh, it's new, it's, it's awesome, but it's, my Tuesday is a Tuesday, my Monday is a Monday, Sundays I'm here. And the Holy Spirit said to me so kindly, He said, just zoom out of that picture. Okay. I zoomed out in my mind, this is now in the Spirit, and I saw this wheel that's going round and round and round was part of a bus. And He said, do you see the people on the bus? I said, yes, Lord. He said, did you see that they're smiling? He said, yes, Lord. He said, guess what? He said, they're going somewhere. You're taking them there. 
I said, wow, Lord, that's good. That's awesome. I'll go round and round and round if I can take people somewhere. He says, guess what? You're going with. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Isn't that the Holy Spirit? I can't come up with those things. But sometimes we just need to get our heads in the sand, out of the sand and into the Word. Out of the world and into the Word. Out of what we're busy with and occupied with. Into the spiritual things of life. And the flesh is going to kick against it. Who of you got up with a smile when your alarms went off this morning? I want you to come and anoint me, please. <laughs> I want you to lay your hands and I want that, that, that mantle. Because I didn't. The flesh is weak. Jesus said the spirit is willing. So where's the battle? It's between the flesh and the spirit. It's not between good and bad. Because good and bad was on the same tree. That's maybe the sermon for next time. There was the tree of the spirit of life. And then there was the tree with the knowledge of good and evil. So is it a good thing to come to church on a Sunday? Wrong question. Is it life-giving? How many people are in churches around the world today because it's a good thing? And how many people are going, experiencing and expecting life because it's a life-giving thing? At the end, what you expect is what you're going to get. I want to say, and where you go, but I'm not allowed to say that. Romans 8 so beautifully says, The Spirit, the law of the Spirit of life, has made me free from the law of sin and death. Why? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's sing another worship song. Amen. Why? Why is that true? Because Paul says to us, For the law, being weak through the flesh, could not set anyone free. The problem isn't the law. The problem is the flesh. The law is not weak in itself. The law is weak because you need the flesh to... Keep it. But now there's a new law. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Takes us back to Deuteronomy, doesn't it? I put before you blessing and cursing, life and death. Choose life. Where is life? In the Spirit. It's going to take you and me to make a few decisions. I remember at one stage my sister asked me, have you heard this song? I'm like, no. Have you heard this new song? No. Why? I don't have time. Sometimes I stand around a fryer or a bry and, and, and people talk about things I know nothing of. Or news. Like, oh, who's Gwedi Montage? If you don't know, it's fine. You don't need to. <laughs> I know a little bit because it helps me to connect to people. But I really guard against being occupied with the things of this world. 
I'm not saying I'm there. Like, I know I can get more away from, from where I am. But I found that there's life in the things of God. There's freedom. And I haven't seen that in temporary things. There's got to be more to life than wanting more. Let's take Stacy Orico. And let's agree with that at least. Because what is it that she was looking for? John 6.63 It's the spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. There's got to be more to life with a small L. And what is that? It's life, capital L. It's the Spirit of God. The Spirit of Christ. The words of Jesus. Now, I know that this is not an easy message. So John 6.66, Jesus preached something that wasn't easy. And he said, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Think about church. Think about church age. Think about the believers. Hello, Jordi. Yeah. <laughs> Is it the minority or the majority of people that believe? It's the minority. How many people went on the ark? Eight. Feel lonely as a Christian? Welcome to the club. <laughs> Romans, uh, I think it's 5.11, God speaks through, through Paul and he says, I've always had a remnant according to grace. So are you ready to be part of the remnant? The few. The few wanting to reach the many. Of course, we're a church for the unchurched, the unsaved and the unreached. That's why we exist. Because there's got to be more to life. And if we found it, then we, it's not an obligation. I don't think it's an obligation. It's an invitation to share what we have with others. I so wish I can speak to Stacy Orico and say, hey, I got what you're looking for. I got what you're singing about. I, I, I got it, man. I was looking for it as well. Just like the polisikara and my neighbor and kids I went to school with and people at work. I got what we're all looking for. I found it. It's Jesus. It's grace. It's the Spirit. It's the power of God. It is the gospel, the power of God unto salvation. I want to share it with the world. That's why I give my life for this. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's freedom when we come under His grace. I've been set free from so many things. I give my life to proclaim it far and wide. And you with me, obviously. And guess what? I'm not prophesying. I'm quoting stats. Few there be that find it. Why? Because it's difficult. It's difficult. Even Jesus said, it's difficult in the flesh. 
The Spirit is so willing. So Colossians says, think about things above. Where Christ is. Occupy your thoughts with spiritual things. I can't tell you how many testimonies of I'm at work and I need to fix a million emails and there's deadlines and there's so many things and then someone phones or someone wants to meet up and I can fix it in and make a plan and I still I know I'm in trouble. Like these these work things I'm not gonna work out. Like I need to phone this guy, I still need to get the quote, I need to get it approved, I need to to get this answer that I need, say by Friday. I can't tell you how many times someone phones and says, I don't know if you need this, but here you go. And then I've skipped all those steps and I have the answer. Or what happens is I'm not in the position to cancel or move a meeting. You know, there's a bit of a level of authority there. And I'm really not ready because I made a godly decision and they move out the meeting. Or I look at my diary for the week and I'm like, I don't know how am I going to fit everything in here. God, you have a problem. Because you need to seek first the kingdom. Not only. First. Glass balls. I'll end with this. You know that where they have the jar, we must maybe do it one Sunday. And you think, how do you put all of this in one jar? Like all the rocks and the sand and everything. If you put the sand in first and then the rocks, it doesn't fill. Or it doesn't fit. But if you put the big rocks in first and then the little rocks and then the sand, it works. So I'm not buying a monastery and we're all moving there. Sorry, that would be, that would be pretty nice. I mean. <laughs> but we have to put the glass balls in place. We need to know what are we focused on? What do we prioritize? And then there are all the other things that Jesus said the heathen are occupied with. I'm not a heathen. Okay, then why are you living like one? You're a son and a daughter of the Most High. God is a spirit and you're one with His spirit. So what is your power source? Where do you live from? What do you think on? Wherewith are you occupied? Do not by any means let any person distract you from the things of God. Because therein is death. In God, there is the life that we're looking for. Amen? Let's close our eyes. Father, this word is maybe cut deep into our hearts, into our thinking, into our our schedule, into our value system even this morning. And I just pray that it will find good ground. I pray that it will be watered as you go and rehash and meditate on the things that maybe I've said, the, the scriptures more so that we've, um, that we've used this morning. John 6 is a good place, Romans 8, to go study it out and to see. But there is life. There's more to life. And we found it. It's different. But it's so, so, so good. Find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.ca. And if you're ever in the Stellenbosch area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, 
find family and experience life. To contact us or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website www.gracelife.ca.